Well, good morning, North Shore. Uh, I'm excited to be here. We are continuing our series in Psalms, and we're looking at hard, honest, straight conversations with God. And as we stated in this series, uh, we are doing this because we are in a season that we need to have honest conversations with God. And David in the Psalms definitely hits these honest, hard-hitting conversations. And we're going to uh, go at one of maybe the more difficult, one of the more honest conversations that David has, and that is in Psalm 51. So would you turn to Psalm 51? And I want to remind you, if you didn't see, uh, I would say my warning, uh, that Psalm 51 uh, addresses some mature subjects. And we're going to step into that mature topic together, all three of us. And so if you have kids with you, uh, Use discretion. I would encourage young kids to go to the kids' ministry webpage and you know watch that service. Put their headphones on, uh, and we're going to be careful and wise, but we are going to talk about some tough subjects today, and I think it's appropriate. Uh, let me pray. You get to Psalm 51. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we press into you. We'd ask that you would teach us through your Word today. I pray that you would use story to grow us into who you have us to be. So we surrender ourselves to you and ask that you would do a good work in each one of us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Psalm 51 is a psalm written by David. And David wrote it as he was agonizing and processing a sin that many of us know about that he fell into, he stepped into, however you look at that. And it's the sin with Bathsheba. And you can find it in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12. And David, King David, was back at the palace while his army was fighting. And he was walking around on the roof of the palace and he noticed down below a beautiful woman named Bathsheba. He came to find out that she was married to Uriah a great warrior in his army. And he was out fighting Uriah. David called Bathsheba to the palace and committed adultery with her. She later came to tell him that she was pregnant. David began to devise a plan to deal with the problem. And he was trying to cover it up. He brought Uriah back. Uh, Uriah was a man of integrity. And he was steadfast and did not lay with his wife. So that didn't work. He tried to get him drunk. That didn't work. And ultimately, he had Uriah go to the front line of the battle into a dangerous situation and ask the other uh, people in his army to step back. And Uriah was killed. And so, and then he ultimately married uh, Bathsheba. The prophet of the, uh, the temple, or excuse me, the uh, palace, was Nathan, a, a confidant of David. And the Lord sent Nathan to David because the Lord was displeased with this sin. And Nathan used an allegory uh, to get David's attention. And Nathan knew that David was a shepherd, and so therefore he used a shepherd allegory to get his attention. And that allegory was, he says, hey, there was this man, a rich man, had lots of sheep. 
but there's also a poor man in that kingdom who had just one precious sheep that he would love and care for. A visitor came to the rich man, and the rich man went to the poor man's sheep and used that for the meal for the visitor. And David got enraged when he heard this story. He says, that rich man must pay. He has to pay for that. That is just wrong. And Nathan said, you are that man, pointing out what he did in his sin with Bathsheba. And that's when this psalm was penned, when David wrote it, when he was in that journey of repentance. You've already heard Psalm 51 read. I encourage you to continue to read it. We're going to go at it just a bit differently today. I've got two of my friends, two staff members here, uh, Damien, our Connections and Outreach Pastor, and Josh, our Worship Pastor. And they're my good friends, and I know a lot about them, and I know their story. And they have a journey of repentance, much like David teaches us through Psalm 51. So to illuminate this chapter, this text, we're going to step into their story and walk through it as we learn the lessons of repentance of sin that Psalm 51 teaches, and they learn through their story. So I'm going to start with Josh, and uh, just give us a, a highlight of, of your story, a, a little snapshot of that. Yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity to share. Um, in my uh, teenage is when it began into early adulthood years. Um, I was addicted to pornography on uh, like a multiple time a week basis. Um, and Jesus, through his grace and mercy, walked me through a process of repentance, a process of surrender. Um, and I sit here free of that today. Praise God. Praise God. And I've read statistics that um, the abuse of pornography uh, is up into the 80 and 90 percent of our culture. So a very important topic. Uh, Damien, share just a, a snapshot of your journey. Mm. Uh, so just like Josh <clears throat> said, you know, thank you for inviting me to get to do this. Um, you know, and I, I my story goes back some years ago where um, I was uh, here on staff at North Shore and uh, actually very new on staff and um, had, had met and just fallen completely in love with this amazing uh, uh, young woman. And um, we, uh, in the process of our relationship, were not honoring God just in our sexual intimacy. We weren't. So it was just pretty plain and simple uh, that there was sin that was present in our relationship. And one day we found out that we were pregnant. And when that comes into play, um, you know, everything gets real clear and simple at that point um, of not only the sin, but, but now what, what's, what's going to happen next. And so uh, for us, it was, it was very real, you know, there wasn't anything that was deeper the theological about it. We, we knew we weren't doing what was honoring of the Lord. Well, both of you, I thank you for being here and sharing your story with me, with us. Uh, I know it's very vulnerable, and uh, my prayer over all of us is we will carry your stories well. 
And so as we step into Psalm 51 and just look at these parallels of the, the journey of repentance and what David is crying out for and what you both experienced, uh, we see in verse 1, Psalm 51, he says, Have mercy on me, O God. What we see, David, David is, is moved from justification to recognition of his sin. See, justification is sin's first work in our life. And recognition of sin is our first work against sin in our life. So for you, and I'm going to start with you, Josh. How did you move from justification to recognition in your sin? Yeah, um, I, I think this is probably partly true um, just with addiction in general. Um, but specifically with uh, addiction to pornography, there is this this feeling of being totally trapped. Of, I'm never going to beat this. I'm never going to be done with this. This is just who I am now. Um, there's no hope. Um, in fact, uh, up until uh, towards, towards the end of, of this journey, I didn't even know anyone who'd been free from it. Everyone I knew in the church, pastors or otherwise, oh, it's my journey. It's my struggle, you know, um, and so I was hopeless with it. Um, but the turning point is as I discovered more of Jesus' love for me, my taste for what the world had to offer began to fade. That's good. That's good. As I, as I was able to experience his love in real ways, as I got to know him more and got to know what friendship with him was really like, I found that those experiences were actually better than the immediate gratification that I was pursuing before. And this interesting thing was happening where I realized um, at the root of this addiction, I was trying to feed me. I was trying to, to medicate me. I was trying to take care of me. But the more I got to know Jesus for real, the more I wanted him instead. And so, um, you know, I, I grew up in church. I was a pastor's kid. I went to every convention, leadership conference, blah, 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 that you can go to. I knew that Jesus died for me. I loved him. But I hadn't fully surrendered my agenda to him. And so there's this reality that he started to show me where I had attempted to make him my savior without him being my Lord. Yeah. And you don't wow. really get one without the other. Wow. Wow, that's good. <laughs> um, and so I remember just this night and I really resonate with verse two here in Psalm 51. He says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Another translation says, completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. I was in a worship service, um, which I love to process that way. I love to process and singing before the Lord. I think there's something about the gift of song that is, mm. elevates the expression that we want to have with our emotions that otherwise we don't always have words for. Um, and so I found myself on my knees before the Lord, and I was just uh, speaking out, I'm sorry, I don't want to choose myself anymore, I don't want to choose my own way anymore, and I ran out of words, and I remember singing and saying and yelling, just I surrender, over and over and over again, mm -hmm. um, and it was in that season uh, that I understood and meant for the first time what he meant when he said, it's good that I go. 
because there's a helper coming. See, I had this relationship with a really distant, far away God, but he was really, really near. And in fact, wants his Holy Spirit to walk with us Mm -hmm. daily. And so while I knew the whole time this was wrong, I didn't think I had any ability to get out of it. There wasn't, there almost wasn't even a choice of like, I'm doing something wrong. I'm going to keep doing this wrong. I didn't know what else to do. But the more I got to know him, the more I discovered there was a way out. There was something better. He had a better word. It's good. It's good. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Um, I've unfortunately heard this phrase for years. Well, that's just boys being boys. Mm. And there's this justification from community of the sin of pornography. Yeah. Um, tell me, did, did you experience that? Absolutely. I remember sitting um, in a, a, we were at a conference. At, uh, you guys ever went to a youth conference? There was probably a similar experience. Yeah. Uh, I remember sitting at a, at a youth conference and um, it was the breakout and it was the day, you know, where you talk about sexual sin. And we went around and there was probably, I don't remember, probably 10 of us and a leader and everyone went around, oh, I struggle with pornography, I struggle. And then the leader, I struggle with pornography. I said, well, we're just a big old mess. Like there, was, there wasn't any hope in it. Yeah. Um, and so you, you walk away from that going, I, well, I guess this is just what we do then. Like, mm. I guess this is just the brokenness of the world. Yeah. There's just this, there, there's not a way out. Yeah, yeah. Good, thank you for sharing yeah. that. Um, and it's an important topic, and, and I made reference to boys will be boys, but statistics show that girls struggle in a high percentage as well. So it's not just a boy issue. Uh, it's a cultural issue. Uh, Damien, my friend, yes. um, you know, and you, you alluded to this a little bit. Um, how did you move from justification um, <laughs> to recognition? We're kind of laughing right here. <laughs> we had this conversation, so he said, my answer is going to be pretty short here. So, Damien, why, why don't you answer that? Well, I mean, boy, to actually be able to acknowledge that there was ever justification would be a lie. Yeah. (laughs) It just wouldn't be true. Um, The way that I was raised, uh, the way that my bride was raised, uh, the way that all of us, quite honestly, who have, you know, any relationship with God, we understand the things um, that are outside of him. And, And one of those is, you know, uh, you know, sex outside of marriage, it may feel good. And, you, you know, you're in the moment and there's, you know, there's the whole risk and there's the whole, you know, the whole physical satisfaction of it that's going on. But at no point was there ever an opportunity for me to say, uh, yeah, uh, and, and, and I'm just going to keep on doing this. It was a constant struggle of, oh, gosh, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, so, so the recognition was, was literally right off the bat. Um, but the war within my flesh was serious. Um, you know, uh, being, being a single man, um, you know, who, who was, who was dating a, a, you know, and still is a very highly attractive woman. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for that. Um, uh, I, I tried to handle way too much on my own. I tried to handle too much just within my own strength and my own ability. I can do this. I, I, I've got the ability. I, it was almost kind of a little bit of a manhood thing of I need to step up. Okay. I need to be the one who is and just failed miserably. Just, um, uh, yeah. So good. 
I appreciate your honesty. I mean, that's because, I mean, mm. a lot of people find that Santa is, no, we're not justifying it. We're, we're caught in it, mm. right? It, it, it snared us. It has us. Uh, moving on in Psalm 51, uh, in verse 3, David says, for I am conscious of my rebellion and my sin is always before me. Um, and what we see is he moves into this place from recognition to confession. It goes from this internal processing to moving outward into this place of confession. Um, so Damien, talk about when you came to a place of confession, that it moved out to the surface. Mm. What did that look like? All right. Well, fellas. Here's where the story gets interesting. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so the understanding of my sin uh, was just painfully obvious. Okay, it, it was just right there. I mean, um, I love the, the 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 translation that you used. Uh, you know, for my rebellion. Okay, um, uh, you know, in the translation I have, the ESV, for I, for my, for I know my transgression. Okay, um, but rebellion, boy, that, that speaks to uh, just another spiritual level and depth of what was happening. Um, for, for, for my bride and I, for Alec and I, we, we, were, we were not married, and we knew that sexual intimacy shared outside of the institution of marriage was sin. So that was already well established for us. But the revealing of that sin was a completely different matter. You know, it's one thing to know a thing. It's another thing for that thing to be now um, opened up. Yeah. And um, our upbringing uh, was within um, the Church of Christ. Now, um, I want to I go ahead and just state for the record that, you know, that faith tradition is probably literally no different than any other faith tradition. Uh, sex outside of marriage is wrong. I have yet to come across a faith tradition where, <laughs> no, it's a thumbs up. No, <laughs> no, no, it's not, not there. Uh, but... You know, for, for us, because that was our background, we only knew that there was one way that this was going to end. Yeah. And that was um, uh, with our quick and immediate removal from the church. So because I'm on staff, yeah. OK, and the bar is higher. And just with that simple understanding, we knew that there was there was not going to be any good ending with this. So I, I want to sneak into, because um, I know we're not there yet, but I'm just going to sneak into one phrase from verse 7. When David said, purge me with hyssop, and that word purge just really kind of stuck with me because he knows that there is a thing within him that he desires to no longer be there. Mm. And he speaks to hyssop, and, and hyssop was, um, was this plant that was used in ceremonial cleansings. I mean, you can go all the way back to, um, in Leviticus 14, there was a whole process that the, that the children of Israel were called to do when, uh, when, when, when someone was found to have leprosy. Okay, here's what you do. And it was just this whole process. And as I went and read about just what God had called his people to do concerning leprosy, it is almost as if David was looking at his sin as leprosy, you know, and he, he knew full well what was, what was coming with that sin. And so he's just leaping right into, you know, God, please. And so we, we found ourselves now with this almost leprosy we found ourselves in. And now what are we going to do? 
We wanted to leave quietly. That was the goal. We wanted to just um, just pack up and just go. We didn't want to cause any more damage. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, we, we viewed at it as just like for David, our sin was ever before us. Um, and because we figured the best thing that was going to happen to us is that we were going to be shunned. Um, at worst, we thought we could be verbally rebuked, you know, shamed and just a whole public casting out. And, and we were going to try to do our best to just get ahead of it. And let's just make the first move and let's just go quietly. Uh, but as we all know about God, he had other plans. And, you know, within a few weeks of us learning that we were pregnant and just give a time frame on this. This is uh, this is uh, end of December, beginning of January from 99 into 2000. So you had a whole lot of crazy going on back yeah. then. Um, but our crazy got real serious. Yeah. And so... Um, uh, I was trying to find other employment, and I was trying to do that quietly. Um, but one of my dear friends, uh, who was the worship pastor at that time, uh, his name's Chuck Hickman, he just walked in and just sat down with me one day and just said, what's going on? Okay, something's going on with you. You know, you don't look right, you don't sound right. What's happening? And the Holy Spirit just made it real clear. Okay, it's time for you to talk. And so I told him everything. Um, he heard me. I mean, he wept with me. Um, and he said, okay, let's, let's go talk to Derek and Derek Duncan, who was our senior pastor at that time here at North shore. And so we walked into Derek's office, sat and shared with him. And then the three of us wept, you know, together. And, uh, you know, it was, it was so refreshing to not have any temptation to lie about it. You know, it's almost like literally when Nathan went ahead and just put it before David, that you're the guy. David's ability to lie his way through that was just gone. And it it almost seems like he didn't even have just even the desire to step into that place. It was like, okay, here it is. It's all out there now. And um, I, I, you know, the the best way I can tell you guys is... um, from that point forward, the mercy that Alec and I were shown, mm-hmm. and I mean, and it was genuine and it was amazing, mm-hmm. brought, um, brought both of us to the clear place that we needed to do a public confession, a, a full public conf- confession in front of our church, um, you wow. know, putting James, which we just came out of, James yeah. 516, um, you know, that if anyone is in sin, just confess your sins one to another. Mm. And so um, on the last weekend in January of 2020, um, we had just gone to three services from four services. So I only had to do it three times. But, uh, you know, with Alica by my side, we stood up and read a letter of resignation and, resignation and confession. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, there it was. Yeah. Mm. That I can't. I can't imagine that had to have been difficult. Mm. You know, here we are, uh, twenty years later, a little over twenty years later, and still the moment of that space. Um, the thing that, ooh, man, the emotion. Um, still, the part that was the hardest is that I felt like I had just completely let down our church. Yeah. I, I felt like I had just not just disappointed them. And I know David in his word says that, you know, my sin is against you and you alone. Yeah. But I felt like in that moment that my sin was against our, our, our whole church. Mm. And 
the, the weight and the burden of that was mm. it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, thank you to brothers that stepped in, you know, mm -hmm. and mm. part of that, I just love that you shared how a coworker just saw a, a countenance change in you mm. and stepped yeah. into it. Yeah, he did. Thank you, Jesus. And, and you, mm. you used the word freedom, freedom of stepping into the truth, right? Yes. Freedom to step yeah. into the truth. And in this psalm, uh, David talks about how the Lord delights in that truth. And Amen. so I just mm -hmm. hear you say that. It's like, okay, I get it now. I get it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Good. I love you. <laughs> love you too. Um, uh, Josh, do you want to comment on just that place of confession? Yeah. Um, actually, I want to, Damien, in, in your story, something stands out to me just even now. Um, we're, just, we're just in this process. Yeah, we're just okay. <laughs> uh, is when Chuck said, what's going on? That's so big because um, what, what was really true for my story is mine is this journey. It wasn't, it wasn't we're talking years. <laughs> um, and so I had lots of opportunity to lie. And I did. And the reality is um, what he, he saw it in you, right? He saw it on you. And that's this lie specifically about sexual sin that you can hide it. That's a lie. Mm. So I love, because mm. I, I did some similar study there as well, as my heart was led towards that verse 7, purge me with hyssop, this comparison to leprosy. Yeah. That sexual sin is an infection, man. Yeah. It mm. does not stay in one place. No. It spreads. Yes. It gets on stuff. It gets on people. It mm. gets on relationships. Mm. And we need Jesus to clean it out. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, in fact, I remember... Um, uh, and, and, well, I'll say this, I think, so scripture says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm, yeah. Here's why, because darkness can't overcome the light. And so when we get stuff out in the light, it gets covered. Mm -hmm. It gets covered in the light. So he, it's in kindness to bring us out of this like relentless despair mm. <laughs> of carrying around this burden. And so for me, he, he led me, um, and I'll, I'll share even in, as we get into the next question, a little bit about this process, but he, he led me to a place of confession. And I remember it was years later, this, this one brother that I, I called and was confessing to, he said back to me, Josh, I love that the Lord is cleaning out your heart. Mm. And it was so true. And here's, uh, I'll jump, jump over to verse 11. This is one of these things about just the nastiness of sin. He says, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. One of the biggest things that I didn't know, so talk about recognition again with sin, I didn't realize how true it is that sin's a separator. And there's this divide that comes between you and the Lord. And so as, as I was sharing earlier, as I was getting to know him and discovering what it meant to walk in his presence, I was like, I'm, I'm choosing an opposite path of this mm. with this sin. I'm putting a blockade between intimacy here. Mm. And I, I needed that to be cleaned out. And, and that's when he began to reveal this process of confession, of getting it to the light that he could heal it. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. Um, Amen. Yeah, yeah. Thank, well, thank you both. Um, uh, moving here in, in, in Psalm 51 and verse 12, um, mm. and, and you hit it just right after the verse you shared with us. It says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Mm. Uphold me with a willing spirit, 
he says. David, and what David's talking about is just, now he's crying out to God for this path of restoration. He starts kind of laying it out. This is what it's going to look like. Um, and both of you, of course, I know you in this space. Talk a bit about your path to restoration. And what did you learn about God in that journey? Um, and I'm going to start with you, Damien, a little bit. As you walked out this path of restoration, which we've already heard a little bit, that was very public. Yes. Right? Uh -huh. um, what did you learn about God in that? So you know how we love that verse where we're told in Hebrews that faith is the evidence of things not seen? Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a beauty, and I'm just going to go ahead and acknowledge it. There's a beauty to this story because we know how it ends. Yeah, it's mm. good. But on that day, on that weekend, when I got done reading that letter of confession and resignation, I was still on the other side around the corner yeah. for what I still had not seen. You did not know mm -mm. how it was going to go. I mean, that's a really good word. It's easy to walk through Psalm 51. Yeah. Boy, so, yeah. Yeah. thanks for pointing that out. So, um, mm -hmm. so what happened, you know, after we confessed um, is that God showed himself to be faithful and true. Yeah, amen. It, there's, there's no other word that I can, words I can use for that. Um, you know, Paul instructed the church to do something that we've rarely ever seen put into practice. And, you know, in, in Galatians 1, you know, he, he says, you know, for, you know, for anyone who is caught in any transgression, and I, and I love the fact that he makes it that broad of, of a statement, in any transgression that we're called to restore them in a spirit of gentleness. And, you know, that it sounds good, but what does it look like? Um, I had no idea. No idea. I've never seen it before. I've never even heard of it. Read about it in Scripture, but never, never had any witness to it whatsoever. Well, after the service, and I remember this at the 9 o'clock service, people started just lining up. Um, and, ah, man, here's where the doggone it. Yeah, <laughs> your emotion's coming again. Uh, what happened was the men were coming to me and the women were coming to Alica. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it just, it was hug after hug after hug. And I don't mean just like giving somebody some dap, you know, hey, what's going on? I mean, full on hugs from brothers and what was whispered in our ears. And Alica will tell you the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the stories that we were told um, of having, of just basically confessing we were exactly where you are right now. We just didn't have to tell anybody. Yeah. Wow. Sin impacts us all, right? Wow. David yeah. mentions that we are all born into sin. Oh, gosh. Yeah, such good word. And, and I'll just say that um, that for us was the first day of our restoration because of how this church responded to us. And I want you to know that wh when I say that there was a line of people, there were literally like hundreds of people that were lining up. And it went so long that the next service at 11 o'clock needed to start. And there was still a line of people. So you had people coming in for the 11 o'clock service. Uh, fortunately, not too many because at North Shore, we don't show up any place on time, <laughs> but they were coming in and they're wondering what's, 
what's going on. Yeah. And um, uh, the, the, the actual physical restoration process began um, two weeks after that weekend. Um, I got a, you know, we got married. And then two days after that, I got a new job. And then the following week, um, I sat down with one of the most precious pastors we've ever had at North Shore. His name's Dave Grant. And, and uh, I love that brother. Um, and he basically sat me down, and I'll never forget these words he said. He said, Damien, he said, we're going to walk through this restoration process together, you and me. I said, okay. Mm. He said, but you need to know this. I couldn't find any information from anybody else who's ever done this before. So this is going to be me and you, God's word. Yeah. I found a book, <laughs> you know, by, and uh, it was called um, uh, Reordering Your Private World. Um, it was by a brother named Gordon McDonald, I think was his name. But yeah. yeah, and we for the next several months met every week and we just talked about what is it meant for me uh, to be me without God? And then what mm. can that begin to look like with me with God? That's good. And so, yeah. Come on. That's and uh, That's good. the story ended with God's will being done. They brought me back on staff and yeah. been here ever since. So mm. glad for that. Glad to hear about a church being the church Oof. and following in the, the, the track that Jesus set that mm. we're about redemption and restoration and that journey. That's beautiful. Mm. Uh, and, Mentioned to Pastor Grant, who we all yeah. miss that guy. I love him. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you want to comment real briefly on yeah. what was your path to restoration? And what did you learn about God in that journey? Yeah. Um, so I mentioned that night of, of worshiping, and um, there's just some sweet and, and, and um, tangible encounter with the Lord where there was some immediate freedom. But for the next several years after that, um, there was kind of, I'll call it a remnant, where this thing kind of reared its ugly head a couple times a year. Mm. Um, and I look to that verse 12, restore me to the joy of your salvation. You know, I, I don't know this for sure, but I know enough about David to know that he's seen God restore things at this point in his life. Mm -hmm. And so what I, I think he is praying that humbly, but in faith, knowing I know who you are as God the restorer. Yeah. Mm. Would you do this again? Mm. Amen. And that's who he showed himself to be to me, was he didn't want me at this most of the way. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you know anything medical, you leave a little bit of infection in there. A little, eventually, it's going to take over again. Yeah. You know? And so I know him as God the Restorer, and he led me on a week-long fast, um, not even directly related to this, just in general. Um, wow. Just to pursue him, I, I believe I was praying... Uh, I want an undiv a David prayer. I want an undivided heart before you. I want to I want to see what you see and hear what you hear. And this stuff started to bubble up. And he was showing me and going again that recognition like we got to get this out. We got to get this out. Um, and so a process of of confessing what he was showing me, as I'm sure David probably realized, even as he's saying what he said in verse 11 of "Cast me not away from your presence," is I was hardening my own heart. Mm. But we have a God who can make it soft. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Well, you just spoke to something right there. Mm -hmm. How often do we harden our heart, mm. right? Mm. For yep. sin and just let it live and fester. I'll use that word coming out of your infection analogy. Yeah. And you know what else is beautiful is if you look from a chronological perspective of from Adam to David, 
no one knew of God's heart yeah. what David knew of God's heart yeah. you know and you have to you have to remember now we're talking you know you know Moses and, and Abraham and these great amazing spiritual fathers right. but they did not understand God's heart right to be a restorer right like David did right. to, to, yeah and there there's a I had a part to play in it too and I think that's important for this journey because David yes. did here yes and so um I've as I've walked with some people through some different things. Um, I've kind of, an analogy, has, I feel like the Lord's kind of given me a picture of that first night when I was set free, it was like before that I was in a jail cell and I was shackled to the ground and the jail cell was closed. Well, he took the shackles off and opened the door, but it mm. still required me to walk out mm. and into his freedom. Yep. And so what I began to realize and what he was showing me was the act of stepping into repentance was in fact the act of stepping into his freedom. Mm. Yeah, and that's Amen. good. I mean, just understanding the difference of I'm sorry and repentance are yeah. very different things. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, uh, there isn't an apology and I'm sorry and remorse in repentance. Totally. Repentance takes it further. What you said, there's action. Yeah. It's turning away from something, but equally it's turning to something. Mm -hmm. It's so walking good. out of that jail, mm -hmm. jail cell that you mentioned. So, so good. I uh, know it's good. Yeah. And that's what David's just this whole journey of repentance is what Psalm 51 is, is about, yeah. is this action, turning away from something and turning to something, which is the Lord and his goodness, mm -hmm. his kindness, as you mentioned from uh, Romans 3.24, right? Well, and even with the words that, that you, were, you were just saying, um, I think for me, uh, and I'll go back to that middle school group where we were all sitting and saying, I struggle with this, I struggle with this. There is this sense that repentance was this thing where you back away from it and just look at it while you back away and try not to look at it. Mm, Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's not. So right. repentance, especially in regards to this sin, to sexual sin, is so much more about looking into the face of Jesus than yeah. it is looking at the thing you don't want to do and not doing it. Right. So I mentioned earlier, so I'm going to talk just for a second about the process of repentance yeah. for me. I mentioned earlier that I felt like the Lord was showing me I was, I was attempting to feed myself. And uh, for anyone else who's struggled with sexual sin, there's this, there's this weird feeling about that that's true. Interestingly enough, in John 4 and then in John 6, who is it? Jesus that says he has the living water and mm. he himself is the bread of life. Bread of life. Yep. So here was the turning point for me was as I began to feed on Jesus, my taste for the world diminished. Mm. Good. And I look to verses, uh, I believe it's 16 and 17. He says, you do not want a sacrifice or I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and humble heart. I can't help but think of Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, when I hear that. that Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Yes. And so he says... You don't want sacrifice, but I know he's speaking to the physical burnt offering sacrifice. And right. he says a broken and contrite heart before God. And that's this humble nature, this living sacrifice. I mentioned earlier, I hadn't surrendered my way, yeah. right? Mm. But what comes later, I think, is, uh, is, is just so helpful with this. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. Well, how do you renew your mind? 
you get in his word. Mm-hmm. You feed on the bread of life and the living water and have your, remind, your mind renewed daily in that process. Mm-hmm. That's good. Isn't it true? I mean, I just love that verse that the Lord loves, a contrite or a broken spirit. I mean, I think of your story and I saw mm. those tears, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking how beautiful, even today, those tears must be for him, mm. right? Well, I, I know that for David, if there was anybody who fully understood the consequence of his sin, okay, if he knew, if he knew what was coming for him, yeah. it was David. Why? Because he had Saul yeah. to watch who was God's anointed yeah. Yeah, and, and watch. So he had an example. So he knew what was coming for him. Right. And he was appealing to a God who we had not yet seen, a God who forgives, a God who restores, yeah, a God who reconciles back to himself. That's and good. so, yeah. That's good. That's mm-hmm. really good. Um, yeah, my hesitation. We could be here all night. This is amazing. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, uh, this is a, a story that took a large portion of life to unfold for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I love it. Um, so I'm going to trust that you're hanging with it because this is important. This is good stuff. Um, you know, the, the last thing, and you kind of touched on it, Josh, a bit, is um, uh, talk about this post-repentance, living in this repentant life. Because mm. David starts to mention, these are the things I'm going to do. You know, if you grant me this, Lord, uh, what I believe he is speaking in confidence here, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we know, as you mentioned earlier, we get to look back at this. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is, we get to do this. We know through the Jesus through Jesus and his work um, and, and the Holy Spirit, we get to do this. So mm-hmm. David is looking at, this is what my life will look like in this restored, redeemed, this repentant life. And I'm just curious from both of you, and Josh, I'll start with you a little bit, is on, yeah. uh, and you touched on it. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that look like? So you were free. You're on the outside of the jail, right? Yeah. Uh, I love that. Um, what did it look like? Yeah, uh, that's good. Um, I think... I think of John 10, um, he says, my sheep hear my voice, they listen and they follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, you see, it's funny, uh, I think even on the questions it said, uh, is past tense, what did it look like? Uh-huh. I feel like walking in repentance is every day. Come on. <laughs> mm. And so uh, for me, it's, it's this daily, again, I choose you, I choose your way. Um, and repentance is beautiful because it's part of the, it's the gospel, right? It's this great exchange where we hand him dirtiness and rags and he hands us beauty and intimacy and glory and friendship. And Mm. so I think for me, it's a continued discovery um, of his goodness. Um, And the more that I taste and see that he's good, the more that I'm like blown away that he would have ever offered that to me in the first place. Um, Mm. And I think in Damien, I, w- I would be curious if you would agree with this too. Uh, I, I think of um, the latter part of verse 13, and sinners will return to you. Mm. When you experience freedom of the Lord like this, it's one of those things that almost becomes, it, well, when it's real freedom, it's something you can't keep quiet about. You want to share it. You want to share it with other people. And so it almost becomes this banner of, of, oh, did you know? Like, because hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know for so long that it was even possible. And so now when I meet people, 
um, that are specifically even struggling with pornography, walking in repentance looks like inviting them to the freedom that I found. Yeah. Like, I, you need to know it's possible to be done with this. Amen. You need to know this can be done. Yeah. And you can Amen. walk out of that jail cell and not go back. Amen. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to repeat this. Yeah. Um, can you have freedom from pornography? Can God do that? You can have freedom from pornography, and it wow. can be done. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'll go to you. Can you be restored after committing uh, premarital sex? You can. By a church. Ooh. Praise God for my story. Amen. For our story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, love, I love what you just you said. Can. Our story. Yeah. Because yeah. North Shore, that's your story. It's your story. Mm. Um, your story. So talk a little bit about this. So you, you go through this. On, uh, what did the repentant life look like for you when you walked in that repentance and restoration? What was that life like for you? Well, I, I can tell you that, you know, um, this is where our stories differ just a little because my repentance was a little easier. I put a ring on it. And so, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's just, so I'm good now, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I think, I think for Alec and I, that the repentance and the restored life is, and this is going to sound really simple, but it's letting your story be your story. Yeah, so if, if, if God is going to give us beauty for ashes, then we have to acknowledge there were ashes, you know? And so we can't go back 20 years ago and rewrite. We, we can't go back and say, well, it really wasn't, you know, so we, no, here's what happened. Because in order for the glory of the Lord to be seen, you know, we have to confess uh, what it was that had to be repented from, you know. And so for us, whenever there was an opportunity like today to share our story, well, our, our story is our story. So we didn't, we've never had to for 20 years look at each other and go, okay, so are we on the same page? Are we good? Are you good? And no, it was like whoever starts talking, well, well there it is. Yeah. And it's going to end with, how great is our God? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sing with me. <laughs> how great is our God? And that's what a restored um, life for us has been in him. Is here is the day that we by faith confessed our sin and he met us. And he met us. And um, I, when David says, Lord, a broken and contrite heart, you will not despise. Mm. Oh, goodness, church. Believe that. Believe it. it. That is what he's ready to receive. He's ready for your broken spirit to just be brought to him. Yeah. Just come on. Come on. And then let him do his part where he can begin to restore. So mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, as David you know, kind of winds down his, uh, his song here in Psalm 51, he, he does something different in verses 18 or 19, and I think it's what you were just alluding to. Mm -hmm. uh, he, be, he begins to look at the community, right? He says this in verse 18, Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Verse 19, then will you delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. And then bulls will be offered on your altar. What he's saying is your community will be right when there's a season of repentance. Mm. When on. there's a culture of repentance. Come on. When stories like yours, Josh, 
being addicted to pornography, when a story like yours, Damien, of committing premarital sex and standing before a church in repentance, when those are allowed to be part of the church culture and story, he says, yes, you are welcome here. Yes. We believe in a Christ that redeems all stories that come to him in faith. Mm. When a church has that culture, when a community has that culture, it says that their offerings will be bulls, and that is the highest offering. Mm -hmm. That is the yes. best of the best for them is what yes. he's making an allusion to there. In North Shore, that's what we want. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're listening, and I know there's some of you listening, that this is stirring something in your life, okay? Uh, it might be what each of these gentlemen are, went through. It could be another sin. Anything not done in faith, Scripture says is sin. Mm. And God wants you to walk through a path, a journey of repentance, much like we see in Psalm 51. Mm -hmm. And he says, what David cries out to God in verse 13, and Josh alluded to it, is this, is this, I want to tell other sinners so they can return to you. Yeah. I know this, that's why you're here today, right? 100%. That's why you're here today, right? That's right, bro. Right. Yeah. That's why you're here. It's why I'm here today uh, is to say, come home. Come home. Mm. Jesus loves you. He's redeemed you. He's done all the work. Mm. You just need to step in faith and accept his kindness that uh, transpires into this repentance of grace and forgiveness that he gives us. That's what he calls you to do. And community church, we want to be a real church not just a religious organization that you come and you talk about um, perfection and what it looks like. No, Jesus wants to do a good work in each and every one of us. Yes. We are all sinners saved by grace. Mm. And so we want to be the church, the real church that is pointing to Jesus Christ. And every story is invited in and we're going to point to Jesus Christ. And much like David, we know the title he's given, a man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. That's what he gets through all of our scriptures. Mm -hmm. um, a man that did these things because he walked into repentance and was restored by God. These men, I know them well. You know them well. These are men after God's own heart. I know it to be true. And they could stand here and sit here, excuse me, today because of what Jesus Christ did in their life. What they allowed and surrendered to that. So we're going to invite you into that. These guys are going to sing a song, and I want you to use that song as an opportunity to search your heart. If there's anything in there, say, I need to get on the journey of repentance. Uh, I want you to step into it. And you'll see a link to the Zoom where you can come in uh, and pray, and you'll walk, come into the video conference. There'll be somebody there hosting, and then there are pastors in private rooms uh, and you will be, you know, in a sense, digitally escorted into this room where me and other pastors will be there to pray with you, to talk, whatever uh, you need to talk with the Lord with. We can walk that through together because mm -hmm. both of these guys had people walk with them, and we want to do that with you. If you are live in person, you come up, come up, right? There'll be elders and pastors there. You can pray with them. Yes. Don't delay. Yes. There is a goodness that God wants to allow you to feed on. Mm -hmm. So North Shore, uh, I love you. Damien, thank you. Mm. Thank you, thank you. Mm. Josh, thank you. North Shore, let's be a community where repentance uh, is received 
celebrate it, and we walk it out in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. I love you, North Shore. Let's step into song together.